Investors like you have a problem. Today, most portfolios only include stocks and bonds. While it's currently performing, it's a strategy that Goldman Sachs predicted in 2023 to underperform for the next decade. Luckily, our sponsor, Masterworks Advisors, focuses on a non-traditional alternative asset, helping over 15,000 investors diversify a portion of their overall portfolios with blue-chip post-war contemporary art. Over 60% of wealth managers surveyed by Deloitte have already integrated art into their wealth management offering. And by signing up at masterworks.com slash advisors with code FREE, you can talk to a registered investment advisor representative who deals exclusively with this alternative asset class. So schedule a free same-day advisory call with Masterworks Advisors just by going to masterworks.com slash advisors and using promo code FREE. That's masterworks.com slash advisors promo code FREE. This advertisement relates to the provision of advisory services by Masterworks Advisors LLC and is not intended to offer or solicit investment in any securities and is not investment advice. Masterworks Advisors is affiliated with Masterworks. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Coach Unplugged. I'm so happy you decided to join us today. Before we jump into the podcast, I'd like to give a big shout out to our sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market. I think my record, I, I forget. I always want to say it's 47, but I think it's 27 seconds to take this thing. It's so easy to set up and take down. Um, it, it's so nice with the screens now and how it comes with workouts and things for the players to do. Um, you, you will not be disappointed in it. Mention Coach Unplugged, they'll give you $400. You said it right. I, I went to them and I said, I got to take care of my people. Uh, $350 is not enough. You mentioned Coach Unplugged, and they'll give you $400 off your next purchase. So go over and check it out. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. It's what allows me to put this podcast out every day. It's what allows me to put all the free resources and things I do out into the world. It pays the bills. So go over and check it out. 14-day free trial. It is a one-stop shop for basketball coaches. It is everything that you need. You get my email address. You're able to contact me. You're able to jump in our office hours. You're able to find anything. If we don't have it, we'll find it for you along with a 14-day free trial. So go over and check that out. Also, we'd love if you love these podcasts. Um, we'd love you if you went over and checked out High School Hoops or the 5-Minute Basketball Coaching Podcast or the Funnel Down Defense Podcast. We'd love if you go check those out. We'd also love if you left a five-star review. All right, let's head off to the pod. Let's head off. Bye. One. All right, welcome to Coach Unplugged. Coach Scott, I'm going to have you kind of introduce yourself and kind of tell your basketball journey. We were just talking. I know you're from Kansas. We were just talking about snow before we came on the air, but um, if you could just kind of tell the listeners a little bit about, you know, what you're doing now, how you came about doing this, people are always, uh, I find it interesting to find, to know someone's journey before, um, before they, before they became a coach and stuff like that. I was reading, I was reading about, uh, coach Cheney. I'm going to date this a little bit, but coach Cheney, the former temple coach just recently died. And I was reading about kind of his how his journey kind of was. It was it was very intriguing about how he did morning practices and why he did that and you know his journey and and, the, and things before he became a coach led to that. So anyway, that was the longest introduction I've probably done in in, in a year. But all right, Coach Scott, introduce yourself and uh, kind of tell people where you coach, kind of your basketball journey, and we'll go from there. First, Coach Collins, thanks for having me here. I'm honored and excited to be a part of this. Uh, I'm Kate Scott, 31 years old from Hayes, Kansas. 
I teach and coach seventh and eighth grade. Okay, so first of all, two things. First of all, he's a, he is a puppy. I just I was making fun of him before that. But uh, where in Kansas? I always would like to learn new locations. Where in Kansas? So I can't just say Hayes, Kansas, because that's a very small town. Uh, I need to say Northwestern Kansas. Okay. Okay. So how far are you from? Can- how far are you? Okay. Okay, that makes sense. What's yeah, the biggest town? Hours. What's the biggest town? Okay, so Wichita is two hours south or southeast of us. We are four hours west of Kansas City. Okay. Smack dab in the middle of Denver and Kansas City. Oh, that's not bad then. I love yeah. Denver. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, do you, uh, you go to Wyoming much? No, not Wyoming, but we do make it to Colorado quite a bit. Yeah, I would think. I love Col- I love Colorado. I love Colorado. Are you a skier? No, but I, I've I've been to Breckenridge in the summer, which is just great. You know, oh, it is, want- isn't it? it? Don't tell people. Like I tell people, <laughs> the ski hills are a gem in the summer. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? I go, oh, go to it's gorgeous. It's like my my wife and I aren't really skiers, but we love we love that in the um in this in the in the summer. But um, okay, so I got a sense of where you are now. Okay, so okay, Nebraska. Good. Yep. All right. Perfect. Keep going. Sorry. Uh, Don't. So uh, <laughs> And, and I played basketball from, you know, five all the way up to my senior year. And, and it wasn't, I would say, my, my main sport. My main sport is football. And I never thought of myself – I always thought of myself as going to be a teacher and a coach when I was growing up. But I never thought of myself as going to be a basketball coach and it be my main coaching gig. Right. Uh, so, uh, but, but I always liked it and, and always, you know, got to the gym. My, my dad was – was a teacher so he always opened up the gym for me but again i never saw myself as uh i'm telling you other than the vaccine us maybe getting vaccines sooner we don't teachers don't have a lot of fringe benefits my dad was a teacher too and to be able and my god and in middle school my godfather was the principal so i had run of the school and my kid my kids have had the run of our i mean it's that is a fringe oh it definitely is so (laughs) my, my dad would give me like one free pass a semester if I forgot homework at the school. But he would always open it up for me every day if I needed to get a lift or a shoot around in. Right. Isn't that crazy? I know. I know. It's a, And I, I bet that build a relationship with your dad that's like, I, I know that with my son. I've seen that. Um, yeah, that's for sure. So when you talk about the journey, I, my dad was, was a, my teacher and the athletic director of our district. So I always saw him involved with the, with coaching and, and administrating the, the sports side of it so that's that's one of my future goals as well as to be uh sports ad uh, somewhere maybe here but um he, so you know with my journey I, I always was around him and saw him uh being a teacher and a coach okay and then what where'd you go to school then, uh, uh well I, I graduated from victoria kansas which is right outside of hayes very okay. very small town i had 18 kids in my class and then i went on to play college football for a year and uh yeah that was a great experience i met a lot of guys uh some future nfl guys that i played with uh and then i and then i just focused on college after that um i got my bachelor's degree in elementary education again i knew i wanted to be a teacher but i, I didn't really know i was going to coach uh during the middle of my college career uh again i wasn't playing football at the time i had an opportunity to coach basketball at the local middle school here and so I said basketball I never thought of myself as a basketball coach but it was that first door to get me into coaching 
And I said, yes, not really knowing what I was going to get myself into. It's like and, the drug dealer. They give you the first taste for free and then they get you hooked. It's and similar. I was hooked on basketball ever <laughs> since that. And I had coached like some, some football along with that too. And that, but in the back of my mind, I was like during the season. And then after the season, I was like, I love coaching basketball. It was just, I wanted to get to the next season so quickly. And I was the I was an assistant coach, you know, coaching the B team. So I hadn't really had a head coaching experience yet until my first teaching job when I graduated college. And the, the principal offered me the, uh, the the junior high boys head coach. And again, it was it was like that hook there. I said, yeah, I, I want in. And so there's my first job as a 22 year old uh, coaching the 17th grade boys basketball at a very small school in Kansas. And so so then so. What is your, what is your, what do you think? Um, I got a couple questions. What do you think your next step is? Do you want to be a high school coach? You said you wanted to be an AD maybe. Yeah. Um, I, won't, I, I won't tell you, I won't tell you to get your head checked to get an AD, but go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I I don't see myself moving up to high school anytime soon. I, I, my, I have four kids at home, uh, very young kids. So I, I want to be involved as much as I can with their lives. And uh, maybe just stay at the middle school level here. Okay. Who, uh, who are been influ- I, I, who's been influential people in your coaching? So like I mentioned before, my dad coached me in multiple sports. And then when I got to that first job and teaching job in Nest City, Kansas, I was around very good and young coaches that, that not only X's and O's, but philosophy on life and sports just uh, really got me going and thinking about Okay, we got we can develop players like bigger, stronger, faster, but developing relationships with them is the, was the key thing that that they got me on there. Because being a, a young coach, you're like, oh, we, well, I want to get them good shooters. I want to have good X's and O's. But then they they just helped me realize that we need to build that relationship, or it's not going to work. Right, it's a quick fix rather than a long term. I tell people, yeah. It, it, you want to be the tortoise. <laughs> they win the race. Yeah. Um, so you wrote that Jim, Jim Boone, who I think is, I've had him on my podcast. Unbelievable. Mr. Oh, yeah. Mr. Mr. Two pack line. Yeah. Cause coach Bennett's coach Bennett is number and he coach Boone would probably even say it, but anyway, um, how was he influential? So I, I purchased his online cert, pack line certification course from coach, coach tube. And, uh, yep. He, he not only talked about the pack line, but just other defensive philosophies and just overall basketball philosophies that really I, I started putting into my practices day one this year, uh, just about how uh, motivating players in in and out of practice and just going from drill to drill and, and uh, just trying to get the best and focusing on details of each individual player. It's uh, it, it was a, a game changer, I think. Yeah, I mean he's unbelievable. Now you wrote in your thing in your in your um in your pre-interview questionnaire thing that you had great football coaches growing up. Did they do they influence your basketball coaching? Yeah, I believe so. I've taken some things that my high school football coaches have kind of implemented in their practices and their philosophies um, about just a, a brotherhood building, you know, type relationship with your teammates, like how you need to be there and be accountable for your teammates. Uh, you know, that you learn on the football field, I transfer that to telling my boys that 
here at the on the basketball court I say we got to play for each other not not just for yourself but playing for each other because overall that that'll help win your games and championships right um so uh let's talk about practicing how how do you how do you structure your practice I know that was something that we had talked about before we came on air um is there anything so so walk me through a typical practice okay so we uh we we practice after school and here in Hayes, there's not very many gyms. So I have the gym to myself with 20 kids for one hour. Okay. So and hold I, on. So I'm going to dive into that a little bit more for one hour, 20 kids. How many baskets? Six. Okay. And then at the, the last 30 minutes, we share it with the eighth grade. Uh, so you do have a full court, but there's a curtain down the middle of it with three baskets okay and so that's how our that's how our gym looks um we 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 have a big school but we have one gym and that's how it's just gonna have to be i guess so we do the best with what we have right and And what is that what does that cause you to do because i think a lot of coaches have this issue so what that causes me to do is think of how the how i can utilize those six goals with those 20 kids before the eighth grade comes in so um we do a lot of like like I mentioned in that Wildcat D, just uh, some individual skill on those, just getting as many reps as I can before I go and share the gym. Right. So, and shooting drills in where they can get multiple shots in in a, in a short amount of time, uh, working on closeouts, working on you know, defensive philosophy type stuff, boxing out, just utilizing that space that we have for the limited amount of time that we have. And it's just you. I have an assistant coach. Yeah. Oh, you do. That helps a little yeah, bit, right? That, yeah. Um, well, I, I think, I think, uh, coaches, uh, coaches are jealous of time. So it seems like time is, is one of your biggest obstacles. Yeah. So just an hour and a half a day and we're getting into the part of the season now, uh, where we have a, about two games a week, two practices a week. So now we're really, crunching for that practice time before we head out for a game okay so give me three things at practice that you think are unique or that you do uh so i this was kind of a a coach boone thing but whenever we go to a drill like i'll explain the drill and then i'll say the drill name and then they'll repeat the drill name and clap that way they're they they know exactly what they're doing or it could be a drill that they know exactly what it is, and I don't have to explain it. So I'll just say Falcon Break, ready, and then they'll say Falcon Break, clap. So it, it it's just kind of that's their go. Like when when I say Falcon Break, ready, they know exactly how many basketballs they need. It's not just like saying, "All right, guys, let's just go to Falcon Break." I mean, they are as soon as they clap, they're hustling to set up the next drill. So okay, so <clears throat> excuse me. Usually I mute before I cough. Uh, Falcon break is a specific drill that it, that's kind of irrelevant to the, the question I'm going to ask. But did you? T- did, how do they know Falcon break is the first thing, and then how long does it take for them to actually know it to, to the point where you don't have to explain it to them at that well, level? I don't. That's why I'm asking yeah. the question. I'm not sure. With seventh graders, I, I introduced Falcon break because that's our mascot, Hayes Middle School Falcons. Uh, I introduced that day one. Because that's a drill. It, it's kind of like a three-man weave with a jump shot and a closeout. 
Um, okay. It, it's a day one drill and it's an everyday drill. So I would say we got it down pat after two days. Okay. And you have some everyday drills, which I think is important. I do. Well, I think some. Yeah. So Falcon break is definitely the way that we start the, the, the practice off. It's a five minute fast breaking drill. And I, I like drills that get the, that get multiple reps in, uh, that get the kids moving. They're not standing in line very long. Um, and we always set a goal. So the total number of makes we, we shoot or is, is the goal. So like, for example, uh, 85 could be the, the goal in five minutes. And they're, I always put it up on the scoreboard. I always put the time up on the scoreboard. That way they know exactly what they need to focus on and, uh, and to, to achieve. Do you use the scoreboard a lot? I use it for every drill, every day. Uh, we, that's another, I think, uh, a, a hidden gem. So we use that scoreboard. And so when they, towards the end of a drill, if it's like a shooting drill or they, they got to get a shot off within before it goes zero, zero, zero. So that way that transfers over to a game when they know that they're in, you know, crunch mode, that they got to get a shot off or, or something like that. No, I think that's, I mean, um, yeah, I, I, I believe that is a, um, a good use of the clock. I know a lot of coaches don't have clocks that they can get access to. Um, so, you know, until we got, I think it was like five or six years ago, until we got our kind of our new system, we, I mean, it was just like, it would have literally taken us 15 minutes to set it up. So now it's like easy. It's, it's, it's wireless and all that. Um, but I recommend that there's apps and there's ways you can do it. Um, but I think what it does is it keeps you on track. Yes, for sure. Because I can go off on a tangent. Right. I've noticed in my virtual teaching that I'm more on track because they, I only see my kids a couple of days a week, but, um, I, uh, I don't bird walk as much as I used to because, which is again, not building relationship. I feel horrible about it, but it's like, man, I'm just like focused on what I got to get done and get and get, um, get through. Um, so break up the percentages. Like, I mean, do you do a lot of small sided games? Do you do a lot of shooting? Yeah. I mean, With that percentages, I was reading a tweet or a thread or it might've been on Facebook or Twitter. I can't remember, but a thread that the coaches were supposed to break down, you know, was it 60, 40 defense offense? What? So I was trying to break that down myself the other day. I'm glad you asked that. So this year, I am focusing a tremendous amount of time on defense. I would say my defense to offense breakdown in practice is 70-30. So we, we really focus on the defense. Um, the small-sided games are included in the offense more so, and then we go over, like, team offense and that, like, again, that 30%. But when we're talking about 70% of defense, it's shell drill, it's um, pack line, the specifics like getting in your gap, getting in the pack, some box out drills, some close out drills, just stuff like that. that so you have 20 kids. Do you, all 20 go to every game? Yeah. So with those 20 kids, it's split up with an A and a B team. Okay. And so I'm considered the head coach of the whole team. I have an assistant who like he, he's the head coach of the B team during the B game. Okay. And so it's 10 and 10. Yep, that's how we have it set up. That's really good, actually. Ten's good. Ten's good at that age level. Yep. Yep. 
I mean, ideally, ideally at that age level, you'd be at like eight, eight probably. Yeah. Um, but the problem is sickness, injury, reasons they can't. I mean, that's the issue. It's like yeah, you can always count on a kid being gone. So that's actually I should correct that. I, I, I keep twenty one. Right. There's always a kid gone. Yeah, but you always you, you do you do don't you? You always have some some you know somebody sick or somebody you know yep. yeah somebody's. 35th wedding anniversary it's like, <laughs> or, i don't know there's always something trust me i know um all right i love that uh do you think do you think you have a coaching philosophy at this point in your career i would say what whether i'm coaching basketball or track because I, I do assistant track what, what what do you what do you do in track like i what? i had the best track coaching job i think ever i just coached discus okay so you know my the joe frontier who's at my um school is like the guru in the midwest of of throwers i'll look him up throw throw far throw big throw far look it up it's unbelievable he's unbelievable like he's crazy good like people come from all over to learn from from joe it's been this quarantine thing has been driving him bonkers but Um, throw big, throw far. All right. Really good guy. Um, I mean, yeah, crazy. I mean, I'm the one that helped him get his sight up. I said, Joe, you are like a good, you're, and talk about a niche, talk about a niche or a niche. Like throwers are like this small little subcategory. I, I always tell him it's like greatest of show, you know, that the dog show thing. You ever yeah. see that movie? I said, I didn't even know that world existed. You know, it's like, well, there's a whole throwers world. It's crazy. It is, um, yeah, and they're their own. You know, like you, you look at a track team, and then you, you see all the cross country runners and the sprinters, and then right. you like these guys are out for track. The throwers, oh yeah, I mean they're part of the track team just as much as the cross country runners. It's like the offensive linemen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's the fatties, yeah. man. No one loves the fatties. <laughs> well, and that's what I grew up doing was was throwing discus and javelin and shot put along with being a post in the basketball. So I was that bigger kid that right just. You know, like you said, have your own world or group that you associate with. And I was really close to going to college and track, but I decided to do football. But I've always had a love for track and throwing. You'd have had a longer career in track, probably. I I would have, yeah. <laughs> football is a football in college is brute. I mean, <laughs> and the, and the thing with football here's the funny part with football is as you get farther along the the Injury can cut it, it like a seven-year-old can only hit another seven-year-old so hard, but it's it, it it's like getting in a small car accident if you get high <laughs> yeah. enough and it's crazy. I yeah, see it, that at my house a lot. Those uh those wrestling matches with my oh kids. I bet you do. How many how, how many boys? How many girls? Oh, out of the four kids I have, I have three boys and a girl, and they're all. Six. There's your princess, so that's fine. We can put her over there. But oh my goodness. Yep. That energy of those. Hopefully, she she comes in and just holds her own. She does Good. when she needs to, but she stays away from that. <laughs> it, it, you ever imagine? Like, have you ever seen those cartoons where there's just dust and like stuff and flying? Like, where yes. cartoon characters get in a fight and all you see is like dust and stuff. Yeah, like, that's my boys all the time. Ah, that's why I'm telling you that I know that's why my parents got us into sports because we had so much energy. It's like we got to yeah. burn some of this off, man. 
<laughs> I mean, it's it's for a fit for somebody fifty. It's good because my energy level is still pretty high, really high actually. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that that's intriguing. Um, so, coaching philosophy. Did we answer that? I can't even remember. Well, okay. Yeah. After so, I said you know coaching multiple sports. I feel like the philosophy that I have with my kids is just utilizing that hour or the hour and a half and just in, just enjoying the heck out of kids. Um, you know, we may not, and this is what I, this is what I tell my kids, my parents, uh, the, the parents of my players, I say, my overall goal for you is to yes, develop a love of basketball or a love of track and develop the skills. But I want you at the end of the day or at the end of the season, be a good, respectful uh, young man or woman. And if we can achieve that, then I think everything else will follow along because right. then you develop a love of the game and your, your, your teammates and your opponents and how to take good coaching and things like that. So you don't want to be their last coach. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's, that's great. Uh, I, I, I mean, that's what I tell my youth coaches. I say, you just do not be this kid's last basketball coach. Yeah. Cause that means they don't want, I mean, someone else might cut them someday, but you you can't be there. And I was saying that to him. And I was saying um, fundamentals, like at that age, even at seventh grade fundamentals. Now it's obviously getting more competitive and you still got to work on fundamentals. And the fun part is still there, but I do it with my guys. But um, is there, a, is there a coaching moment that we could dive into that you've had that might be, um, I call them golden nuggets or, or is there a, one coaching moment? that you think we could dive into either a success or a failure that might be interesting to someone listening. Yeah. Let's go with this one. This one always stands in the back of my mind because uh, it was, it was March of 2019. So it, you know, pre COVID things are you know, pretty good, I guess, basketball wise. I'm coaching the seventh grade team. We're playing in the championship of our league tournament and we make it to the, we make it all the way to the championship game and we face the team that we lost by 25 points to a couple weeks before. And I think my guys, there might've been a little, um, you know, a little, they were a little afraid, I think going into the game, but the way that they just went out and, and didn't care about that, the result that happened a couple weeks before that game just made me so proud as a coach that, that we ended up winning that game by two points. And that's the one point in my coaching career that I'll probably say was so far my best win as a coach because they competed is my guess. It was, it was a total difference of com competitiveness with them. And, um, I, I would say about like 10 or 20% of it had to do with me, but the rest of them was just, you know, those guys just wanting to go out and win and not have happened what happened a couple weeks ago. And it just, that just was fuel to the fire to my coaching. It's just, I, I love those moments where those, I saw those guys so happy after the game. And I said, I'm, I've never been as proud of the team as I had right there. Yeah, I, I know. I always tell people you, you, you wrap those up and put them in a drawer somewhere because sometimes you'll have the bad moments too. And you got to pull those good ones out. Um, so, uh, is there one thing as a young coach you've learned? Yeah, uh, the not as many plays, but to teach them to play. If I could have known that 
my so first say play. that again and what you mean by that. Okay, so don't teach them as many plays, you know, X's and O's, but teach them how to play with, uh, you know, dribbling skills, how to drive, how to shoot, how to work the ball around, patience on offense. I wish my 22-year-old self would have heard that from me now and because uh, I had some super good athletes that I, I just didn't utilize very much because I hadn't had the experience at the time. I know. I'm telling you. I got my first head job in 97. We were in the state finals in 2004. Probably the best team I've ever coached. Had three Mr. Basketballs on it. And we probably didn't win the finals. Now, Wesley, who plays for the Lakers, now broke his hand in the semis. That had a lot to do with us not winning it. But an older me would have won that game, despite even with him with a broken hand, I think. Um, so I always feel bad about that because I didn't have – it was my fault. I mean, it was me. I still hold – to the day I die, that 2014, I will feel. We were undefeated and we lost in the finals. It was like everything was new. Like getting to the state tournament was new. Getting yeah. to the finals, everything was new. And it was like, I just, I, it just still, I was like, I don't, I don't wake up with nightmares anymore about it, but uh, it's like, there's something about age and experience that works. Oh, it, that's, uh, I, I always think about some of those athletes I have like, why didn't I do this with this kid? Why didn't I run this with this? Why didn't I set up practices this way? And it just takes time and experience to learn. And I, I guess I, I can give credit to myself for learning better right. throughout these eight, well, 11 years that I've been coaching. That right. Finally. And that's what I tell the young coach. When you don't get that first job, like I didn't get the first head job I applied for. I shouldn't have gotten that. I wasn't ready for it. That would have been bad. It would have probably set me back rather than put me where I am. Yeah. Um, because sometimes you're not, whether you're getting it, the, the reality is sometimes you're not getting that job because you're too young. I mean, they can't say that. Yeah. Because it's age discrimination, I believe. I think age discrimination works that way too, but um, it's probably true. So, and it's probably for a reason and it's not like um, something necessarily bad. Is there one thing you've learned in the last week? Oh, this last week. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, this is, I mean, this could be a coaching gym. I think okay. I, I had a four hour bus trip yesterday to a game. Yeah. Well, thank goodness. So how's the, how's the uh, cellular? In your area. Oh, well, see, this is an extreme southwest Southwest Kansas. So we would go in and out of service probably many times. Okay. But here's the thing. You know, I, I thought I had everything figured out on these long road trips because I've made the trip before. We're on the border of Oklahoma at this point. Right. And why didn't I call in the pizza order before? Right. <laughs> That's just one thing that I've learned in the past two, couple of days. I expect the pizza to get there after the game because I don't, my kids, you know, four hours bus trip, they got to have something to eat. Right. So I called the pizza order in after the game and they're like, yeah, it's going to take an hour. I said, no, forget it. We're just going to stop at a convenience store. But you know, that's, I had four hours to call in the pizza order before. <laughs> Why didn't right, I do right. it? And you got to, and the, the thing is, and here's what I tell young coaches, start a notebook, start a Google doc, start something because you're going to get busy, and in six months, you might forget what you just told me. I, 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 
Yes. Because you got you got family issues, you got home, you got school issues, you got all these things that you got to do, um, and they all play into it. So it's like, yeah, it, it is what it is. Okay, um, let's. Uh, I just got to. I want to make sure I don't. I don't run over here with us. Do you have any superstitions? I yes, I fill out the book, um, not on the bus because first of all, my handwriting is not very good. And it's kind of shaky so i gotta fill it out on my teacher's desk um with this and i don't fill it out i have somebody fill it out the same person fill it out so sometimes it's a student aid sometimes it's a certain student that i have to fill out that's what I don't, that's just the first thing that comes to mind oh no i i think that's a great i mean i'm telling you right now i um i've only in 32 33 years i've only made i think it was my second or third year i made one book mistake one um Cause and I, and I, after that one, it, you know, cause it, I, I didn't have something in the book or that I had the wrong number. And then the other team started, I think it was a sophomore coach when that happened and they started with a technical. I told myself that day, I said, that one, I double triple quad. I mean, I checked that book so many times before I turn it in, like I'll fill it out. I never fill it out right before the game. Either. I fill it out and then I'll sit on the bench as they're going through and I'll double check it. I'll triple check it. And it's like, am I starting the right people? And, I know it's um, it is a big thing. Is there one thing you change about the game? Ah, nothing comes to mind right now. I guess, I guess I haven't been in it as long as the guys, you veterans, you probably have something off the top of your head, but I can't think of something right now that I'd want to change. Okay. Um, all right. So I'm going to do rapid fire here. Um, I'm just going to ask you different questions and then you're going to, I call it rapid because I'm going to read them relatively quick. Your answer doesn't necessarily have to be rapid. Um, one, give me one word to describe your ideal player. Tough. Okay. Uh, if you go to one sporting event in the world, what would you go to? The NCAA tournament national championship game. It's unbelievable. Took my son two years ago, I guess it was now. When when Virginia or Virginia won, crazy. So I, I've been I'd been once before. Unbelievable. Um, your um favorite pregame meal? Oh, some uh, we call them protein balls. So either a mom on the team has made some or my mom will make some. It's a conglomeration of like oatmeal, protein powder, uh, raisins or cranberries. Pro yeah, it, they're great for the players and for coaches. <laughs> uh, uh, one thing you do to relax. Believe it or not, exercise. Uh, because after after I get that exercise in, I feel in my best state of mind. Um, do you have any superstitions? Oh, you, we already talked about that one. That's on my list. Senior moment. Sorry. One coaching technique you consider important relationships building the relationships with the players okay describe your perfect player in five words this always, always gets everybody yeah so i can write it down right now um always accountable and takes coaching uh i always do that one because in the middle it throws everybody uh best basketball player you have seen in person well, i've been to some ku games so Monte graham plays for the hornets now but he was almost the, the wooden award winner just uh, for KU, so I'd say Devontae Graham. Okay, best best basketball player of all time, LeBron James. Uh, most, uh, no, I'm not going to ask you that one. Uh, teach one one skill. If you could only teach one basketball skill, what would you teach? On ball, the shot clock. Yes or no? No, not at my level. One thing help you become a better basketball coach? Uh, social media, you know, websites like yours, Twitter, Facebook groups. Just overall social media, connecting the coaches. I'm telling you, I, I wish I'd have had it in my 20s. Uh, best game you've seen in person? I was about 10 years old in my high, my high school team. Uh, 
lost, I think, in overtime or double overtime um, to go to state. It just bring, it just it's one of those things that always sticks out in my mind. Okay, favorite quote or saying? Can't practice soft and expect to play hard. It's right behind me right now. <laughs> I love that. Uh, quarters or halves? Quarters. Uh, one word to describe your coaching style? Demanding, like. I mean, expecting and demanding excellence. Okay. Uh, best basketball coach of all time. I'm a, I'm a Bill Self fan right now. I'm, I He's the, that's the first vote for Bill Self. I can I, tell you that. I know. I I just I I just like how he does the stuff, man. Okay. Well, it's it's your call. Uh, best team of all time. The, the Virginia. Okay, so the Virginia team after they lost that first round NCAA team. They come back and win the next year. So it would have been 2019 Virginia. Yeah. Okay. Um, jump ball. Keep it or get rid of it. Well, this year we're starting out with no jump ball. So <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure why we have it. I'm telling you, I'm on a soapbox about this stupid thing. They're horrible at throwing it up to start the game anyway. Yeah. So let's let's just keep getting rid of it because I've started out this year running a set play. Right. Here's my theory. Visiting team gets the ball. That's how we've done it here. We're let's go. Yep. Should be it should just be it should the NFHS should just change the damn rule. The the accountant who's officiating your game hasn't has made three toss ups in the last month. They're horrible. Anyway, yep. that's my that's my I'm I'm gonna eventually get in front of the right person and convince them to to get that moving forward. One book you'd recommend? Well, you're gonna go with um, uh, I, I, I it's a great book. Uh, is a coaching moment like it's a memoir of the former football coach here at Fort A State University. He just talked about some memories that he had. And I can't remember the guy's name. But anyway, okay. it just taught me how to deal with certain coaching moments and, and experiences like that. Okay, the last question I ask is one bit of advice. With what's going on here in 2020 and 2021, just taking every day um, and, and giving it the best that you have, whether it's the 90-minute practice, the – practice, the the 24 minute game that we have uh, just taking every day. Like it's your last. I love that. I mean, I, I tell everybody, take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. The kids are going to be okay. We're not sending them to the beaches of Normandy. It sucks. I get it. We'll be okay. Take a deep breath. <laughs> get on the other side of this. Actually, talking to a history teacher here. I can always pull that quote out there. Right. I know. All right. Thanks. I really appreciate it. Coach. This was awesome. Wow, this is such an honor and a great experience that I had. I can always learn from you. I appreciate all the stuff that you put on your website and your daily emails. I, I, well, I know. <laughs> I know. My wife is always wondering what I'm doing in my in my studio in my office. So now now I have some I have some verification. So have a You're great day. Young coaches like me, that's what you're doing. I'm, I'm hoping. Hey, everybody, if you like the podcast, make sure you subscribe, like, leave a review, jump up and down, run around your house, whatever you need to do. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network.